Hello, hello. Welcome back yet again to another edition of the Bibbs Corner Podcast. I am your host, Mike Bibbins, as always, and I'm here today with a familiar name, a familiar face, Maurice Williams of the Mind of Reese Podcast, my co-host on the Mavs Outsiders Podcast, and this, I expect this to be a fun review. Um, this is a movie that did not have a ton of fanfare, uh, really. Uh, I think the trailer came out, people laughed and joked about it, and then the movie came out. Like, it was pretty quick. <laughs> it wasn't a lot of buildup. But um, excited to talk about this one. Reese, how you feeling? Feeling good. Feeling good. Um, I didn't expect to be back on here so soon, and I didn't even expect to be talking about this movie uh specifically but um <clears throat> once i discovered it like two weeks ago it's like oh i gotta see this and once you said oh yeah i'm going to see this it was like all right well we'll have to talk about it um saw it last night great time but pretty sure we'll get into all of that yeah um it's funny because i didn't get to see devotion last week and then I was looking, you know, what's coming out next week. Maybe I can bump that movie. But then I saw it was Violent Night. I was like, you know what? Violent Night is going to get priority. I don't feel like looking at no Negro spiritual movie right now. <laughs> I, I have a good time, man. And I didn't see I didn't see any tweets about it. I saw, actually, I did see one today, finally. I, had, I didn't see anybody talking about Devotion Online. Mm-hmm. I finally saw a tweet today that said it could have been 20 minutes short. Like, that's the only thing I've seen anybody say about it. Um, I haven't even seen the movie and I'll agree because I remember we was having a conversation and we were looking at like, we were looking at Glass Onion, Bones and All, Devotion, and I think we were looking at something else. We were like, all of these movies are like two hours and 20 minutes long. And it's just like, why is that the norm now? Like, I'm so glad this movie was not two hours long. Like, it, it, it knew what it was. It didn't need to add on any filler or extra story. There were points where I was like, all right, I don't care about this. But still, like, if it added on an extra 40 freaking minutes, this will be a completely different review. Yeah. um, I mean, it's a pretty, I don't want to say standard because it definitely does some different stuff. But like, as far as action movies and, and following the pacing of it, pretty standard it was almost two hours an hour 52 minutes but um the pacing was 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 good as far as i was concerned there was no point in time where i checked my watch in this movie no never um it was a lot of fun they had a good they had a good time with the lore of it uh it had a not necessarily a message but it had like a real story involved uh with it so Overall, before we get into all the, the spoilers and whatnot, I would say if you like action movies, if you like action comedies specifically, definitely, definitely add Violent Night to your list. It is bloody. Um, there's some some rough kills, uh, but I was I was cracking up. People, everybody in the theater was cracking up. Nah, facts. Um, my only regret is that I didn't see this with a group of friends. I think it would have been a much better experience if I saw this with a group of friends, but it was also a last minute thing. So I didn't plan it out. Um, but yeah, uh, when I left the movie, I was like, oh man, Bibbs got to see this. But then in my head, I was like, ah, is he going to like it? Because I know it's really gory. And I know how you are with gore sometimes, but you only dislike it if it's just gore for the sake of gore. Right. 
this wasn't it added to the comedy you know so uh there was a purpose for it but i didn't expect it to be as like gory as it was um i did have concerns going in and one of the main concerns they 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 fixed they not fixed it but they what's the word i'm looking for addressed it yes they addressed it so i was like all right now i'm in like everything else i can suspend my disbelief we're dealing with fucking santa claus here so it's like <laughs> i'm not gonna be thinking too realistic about this but um yeah man i would go see this again honestly like if i could go again and take a group of friends next time i would go see this i think it's a nice holiday christmas movie um not the kind you show your kids um nice holiday christmas movie um i could see this sticking around for a while I was going to say, it's definitely a movie that I, I would use an excuse to come back to. I usually yeah. I don't rewatch movies much. Me. This would be a movie like I might watch a Christmas story and then this type of thing. Like, yeah. like I will make this a, a yearly thing. Like, all right, I got to I got to watch this like this a Christmas story this Christmas. I'm black. So I'm definitely watching this Christmas <laughs> um, <laughs> movies like that. Yeah. Um, this is going to be, I don't want to say a classic, but definitely a Christmas tradition for me. Okay. Um, it's funny because, and uh, this uh, is this a spoiler? I don't think this counts as a spoiler. They did reference another movie, another action movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, it, people always debate whether or not it's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> it's a, they, they reference two Christmas movies. What was that? Uh, let's talk. Let's name them. Home Alone. Oh, obviously that one is. But yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they referenced uh, what, Die Hard, right? Die Hard, yeah. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. In the debate. It's a goddamn Christmas movie, okay? <laughs> if you got to debate it, then yes. It's, it's, if somebody counts it as one, then it's one. Yeah. <laughs> and a dude on Facebook earlier, uh, one of my friends on Facebook, he was like, it's Nightmare Before Christmas considered a Christmas movie. I said it's literally in the title. <laughs> like, I, You know what's funny? I was uh there's a movie coming out. I can't think of what it is. I think it's um or maybe it's already out, Wendell and Wild. I haven't heard of it. Uh it's on Netflix. It's made by the the director of Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. And it's it's like a black uh version of like a, the character, the main character is a black. Oh wow. But one of the podcasts I listened to or we listened to interviewed that guy some reason I ended up on his IMDb page and then I ended up reading like fun facts or trivia about him. And um, I found like, I, I don't know, I don't know much about nightmare before Christmas lore, but I read that uh, the guy who wrote it, it was a, a poem initially. And the poem was uh, a guy who was watching, like as he was driving through the town, seeing the transition in decorations and like storefronts and stuff between like right after Halloween, when all the Halloween stuff starts coming down and some people start putting up Christmas stuff to sell. And that's like what inspired the the whole Nightmare Before Christmas idea. Okay. Which makes sense. I've never seen the Nightmare Before Christmas. I think I've seen it, but I've never sat down to watch it. Yeah, okay, I'll say it's been on in the background before for sure, but I have not watched it. I, I can I can't tell you much about it. So pretty much same thing. Uh, but the guy who did like the stop motion 
apparently there's beef, not necessarily beef, but like debate between him and the who the guy that actually gets credit for the movie. Hmm. Um, I can't think of his name right off the dome for some reason. <sighs> anyway, overall, uh, this is going to be highly recommended. I'm thinking uh, it's going to be somewhere between a four and a five for me, honestly. Um, you know, I rate things differently. I use a 10 scale. Coming out of this, I was like, this might be a 10 out of 10 experience. Like, I always tell people I, I, I rate things based up like Woman King. I rated a 10 out of 10. Rating this a 10 out of 10 doesn't mean this is as good as Woman King, but for what this movie was trying to do, it's a 10 out of 10. Um, I, I'm still on the cusp. Um, I'm thinking 9 out of 10 maybe. I don't know if I want to go 10 out of 10. Yeah. But your scale is for sure a four. Like, I was going to say four and a half off the dome, but I got to yeah. sit down with like the, you know, I do the five categories. So I'll sit down yeah. with it later. But I don't want to, I don't want to react too soon. I tend to do that. I did it with, um, don't worry, darling. And then we did the review and I was like, this movie's trash. <laughs> <laughs> I literally had to go back and make a TikTok and tell people don't go see that movie. Like, oh man, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but this, at minimum, it's not below an eight on my scale, and for your scale, it's not below a four. But I will say this: if I was if I was using double toasted, I w- it's a full price. Okay, for sure. Oh yeah, 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 full price. Yeah. For sure. Um, surprisingly, I don't know if. Have you listened to their review yet? No, I don't. I try not to listen to any reviews before I do mine because I don't want to be influenced. Martin didn't like it. What? Martin didn't like it. I gotta hear why. I gotta hear why. He gave it um he gave it a rental, I believe, or a matinee, I can't remember. But he I'm probably gonna buy the movie when it like on, on Blu-ray or whatever, 4K. I hate the fact that I have Blu-ray DVDs that I can no longer use because my Xbox is digital only. Like, there's no port for the disc. So, yeah. I mean, you should be able to get a uh, Blu-ray player for the low. I can get a Blu-ray player for the low, I'm sure. Um, the guy who I was referring to, by the way, is Henry Selick. Oh, okay. Yeah. No uh, Monkey Bone, Coraline. And uh, Tim Burton is the guy that gets all the credit. But Yeah, Tim Burton. Yeah. Henry Selleck has said in interviews, like Tim Burton barely showed up while we were filming that movie. Oh, shit. Like, I did all the work pretty much. Okay. That's me. Um, but yeah, Wendelin Wilde, I'm pulling it up now. Keegan Michael Key, Lyric Ross, Jordan Peele, Angela Bassett um, are all involved in that. Mm, uh, two scheming demon brothers, Wendelin Wilde, enlist the aid of 13 year old Cat Elliott to summon them to the land of the living. Those some big names. Yeah. I mean, there's more, but those are for you. I mean, Ving Rames is in it. Uh, Gabrielle Dennis is in it. Yeah, there's some names. There's a lot of people involved in this, but anyway, back to the topic. Let's get into these spoilers. First of all, I think we both said we kind of learned about the movie like not early. We learned about it late. Yeah. Did you have any expectations going in at all? No, um, I will say I, I I learned about it pretty late, but I thought I was listening to like a podcast and I heard someone mention it 
Um, and I think they said violent night, deadly night or something. And I'm like, hmm, what's that? And I never looked into it. Okay. And then I came across it like maybe a week ago. Um, I hadn't seen a trailer or anything. I ended up watching it before I went and I wish I didn't. It didn't ruin the experience for me at all. Yeah. Gotcha. I wish I didn't before because like David Harbour at Santa Claus fighting criminals is literally all I needed. But I did it anyway and I don't know why. But it didn't ruin the experience for me. Um, I didn't really have any expectations. Um, I wanted to come in. I was looking for a fun time. They gave me that. If the movie was boring and it didn't deliver, I'd have been like, all right, well, that was a waste. But it, I feel like even if this movie wasn't good, it could be one of those so bad as good movies. Right. So either way, I was going to enjoy myself. <laughs> okay. Um, what I'll say before we get into it, I also, you know, I don't watch trailers. Right. I think I saw, like, I was scrolling. I saw someone post the trailer. I saw David Arbor as Santa and he had blood all over him. And I was like, I've seen enough. <laughs> that was pretty much it. I didn't even know John uh, Leguizamo was in it. Yeah. John, he was amazing, honestly. I, I was surprised at how much he had to do in his movie. I was like, wow, it was you again. You were just in the menu. <laughs> <laughs> he needed a, for me, he needed a palate cleanser, if you will. Yeah. After the menu, because that was trash. Um, but yeah, direct uh, starring David Arbor, John Leguizamo, directed by Tommy Workola. I don't think he's done anything worth mentioning here, but the writers were Pat Casey and Josh Miller. And I, I mentioned in the little mini episode I just put out that uh, they did the Sonic movies, the writers. Um, you like the Sonic movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. So these were the writers from the Sonic movies. Um, Quick synopsis, when a group of mercenaries attack the estate of a wealthy family, Santa Claus must step in to save the day and Christmas. The producers of this, though, did you go over the producers of this movie? I did not. Uh, It's produced by, it's from 87 North. They have also produced Nobody, John Wick, Atomic Blonde, Deadpool 2, Bullet Train, and Hobbs and Shaw. It all adds up. Which explains the amazing action scenes. Yeah. It's movie. And the thing is, creative. Like, you see stuff you haven't yeah. seen before in all of those movies you just named. Yeah. That's, that's, that's quality action filmmaking. Like, there are people that make action movies and just copy stuff that they liked from previous movies. These dudes are coming in and putting in new twists and wrinkles into the genre. And that's that's the way it should be done. I think Nobody 2 was just announced and a new John Wick movie was announced as well. Oh, damn, the, the, the fourth John Wick ain't even come out yet. I think it was the, they they dropped the date for the fourth one, which is, oh, okay. I think it's in March is when it come, was coming out. But Nobody 2 is in underway as well. I would love for those two worlds to like cross. That's with Bob Odenkirk, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was worried after the heart attack he might not try to do no action no more, but had a heart attack on the set of Breaking or not Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. Yeah, I had no idea. Oh wow, yeah, I was terrified when I saw that. I was like, nah, we can't lose Bob like that. Uh, but he had a heart attack while filming that. I was listening to um, I was listening to a podcast done by people that work on the show Better Call Saul, 
And they were talking about, you know, what they filmed up to the heart attack and then stuff that was filmed after the heart attack. Like he came back and finished the show. The show wasn't completed. Um, but yeah, that was crazy when that hit the timeline. I was like, nah, not like that. But glad he's good. Glad we're getting a nobody too. Um, and again, I hope the John Wick and nobody worlds cross need that in my life. Um, anybody else we should mention? Um, uh, to be honest, I think that's it as far as like notable names. Yeah, the, most of the names I'm trying to, I need to check the little girl. There was someone, and, and this is probably jumping ahead, that played the main mercenary who I've seen him in something before. And I've seen him in a lot of stuff. I'm actually about to go check now that you mentioned it. I was about to look it up because I can't remember. His... I knew I'd seen that little girl before. Actually, maybe I didn't. Nope, I didn't. She 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 must look like somebody in my family or something. I don't know. She she, uh, she was in uh, the most recent season of Umbrella Academy as, like, I guess probably the younger version of the Black Girl in the Umbrella Academy. But let me go see if I could find, you said the top mercenary guy. That was um, Krampus, right? No. Ginger. No, I've seen him in something before. But I'm talking about, like, the extraction team. Yeah. Oh, the extraction team guy. Let me go back. Um, if I can't find him quickly, we'll keep it moving. I'm looking and... Commander Thorpe? I, I can't... That sounds right. X-Men? He was pinstripe? No. Uh, let's see. He was in The Predator. I'm out. Power. Really? He was on power. Okay. He was a Serbian leader of a drug cartel. I remember it was on power. Interesting. Um, the guy who played Krampus, I have seen before, and I dude, Krampus was a little dude, right? Yes, and I'm gonna take a guess before I look it up. Okay. I think it was Freddy versus Jason. Yep. Yep. It's Freddy versus Jason. I need to see how tall he is because he looked tidy. He's five foot six. My bad. I'm an inch taller, so. <laughs> He's listed at five foot five, actually. Okay. Okay, so even better. Um, there's a lot of people in this movie. Um, usually in these types of movies, when there's a lot of people, you just expect a lot of people to just be dying. Yeah. And they do, but they got they got a lot of screen time in the process. Like it wasn't just like bad guys showing up to be bad guys and like, oh, this person's gonna die. I have to ask. The big black dude that was one of the mercenaries, do you remember him dying? Cause I don't. You mean he wasn't on the extraction team, he was on the original he was on the original group. I know we weren't, we're not going to go see my scene, but yeah, the big black guy. I don't think I do. I don't remember him dying. I just, all I remember, I remember it was uh, when everybody left the room, it was just him and Krampus there. They were the last two that were watching the, the family. And I don't remember seeing him after that. And I, it was just all Krampus doing stuff after that. Didn't the boyfriend do something to the big black guy before he jumped out the window? 
I don't think he killed him. I don't know. He definitely did something before he jumped out the window, but I don't think he killed nobody. Mm. I don't think. So good. Yeah, maybe he did do something to him, but I don't, I don't remember what it was. Okay. Um, all right, so let's get into the story. Basically, we're introduced right off the bat to Santa Claus. I needed that scene. Go ahead. I missed that scene. You missed the whole scene? Where we, like... In the bar? Yeah, I missed it. Because remember, I got there... I got there. Think I got there fourteen minutes after showtime. Thinking, okay, it's still gonna be trailers shown. You ain't get no trailers then. I saw. I must not have got. They didn't put no trailers in that thing. When I pulled up, when I got into the theater, the husband, wife, and daughter were just getting into the car, going to the grandparents' house. It wasn't even a short scene. Oh man. They must have put like one trailer and then said it's movie time. Man, look. Are you sure the movie started at the time you thought it started at? 6.40. I can go to my AMC. 6.40 p.m. I got that 6.53, 6.54. Okay. Let me describe this scene. And the funny thing is, usually on my AMC, when I go back, it'll say revisit a company. Well, no, nah, it doesn't say it for every single one, so. That That's crazy because I don't know if I came in when you came in, I probably would not have enjoyed the movie as much. It would have taken or it would have taken longer for me to buy in. So the first scene in the movie, Santa's in a bar, David, he's in a bar drinking and he's wasted. And I saw that scene in the trailer. The whole scene? No, just part of it. Okay. So he's wasted in the bar. And um, the bartender's thinking about cutting him off, but he's like, nah, give me another one. Um, another guy comes up. And this I'm assuming this probably is in the trailer. This is something that's good for a trailer. The, another guy that is in a Santa suit comes up. He's like, um, how many years you've been doing this? And they have like a little exchange, like back and forth. And now we know that David is actual Santa Claus. And this other guy is a, like a mall Santa or something like that. And uh, David's like, you know, I'm just taking a break. Got to get back out there in a minute. Um, and the whole scene is is great because every time he says something that makes it clear, like to the audience, that he's really Santa, the other Santa is like thinking, oh, this guy's like really playing up the joke. And he just keeps like chuckling at it. And... Um, then he goes out like the to the roof or he goes in a he goes out a certain exit when he leaves and the bartender's like wait that's going to the roof like you can't go through that door and then the other guy's like oh give him just give him some space like you know this is a hard job being a santa blah 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 but she follows him out and uh when she goes to look for him like she's like chasing after him she's like where did you you can't just run off on the roof da 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 and she doesn't see anybody. And then she looks up and like his sleigh with the reindeer is flying, looping around in the sky. And she's like, oh my God, you're really Santa. And then he like leans over the side of the sleigh and throws up like all over her. <laughs> <laughs> that scene was not in the trailer. The scene that was in the trailer, it was brief. She said, uh, are you good to drive? And he was like, yeah, 
uh, I just sit back to reindeer and really do most of the work. Yeah, that's the part that was in the trailer. The other scene is like laughing at everything. I was into it. The rest of that, that's the only bar scene that was in the trailer. Dang, you got to see that scene. That scene is hilarious. So now I have a reason to go back. Yeah, there's a lot of little things like that, like in the conversation that he says that it's like, yeah, this it confirms for us because I again I didn't watch the trailer, so I wasn't sure if he was actually supposed to be Santa, but he is, and like the whole scene makes it clear. And it also makes it clear what his personality is and da 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 That's another thing I love about this movie is that obviously Santa is in a phrase where a phase where it's like, this is my job, it's what I do, but I don't really give a shit anymore. But he's just out in the open with it. Like, yeah, because he know no one's gonna believe I'm actually fucking Santa Claus. Like I could tell you. And even if you do believe it, I don't give a shit. Like if you that know was, I'm Santa, oh well. And that was the thing, is like during that scene he was like you know i don't even know this might be my last year doing this these kids they're so greedy like they just want money they just want they want to take 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 they don't want to give anything back he's like the naughty the nice list gets shorter every year like he's going on and on about why christmas sucks now and like the other santa's like oh you know you just gotta take a step back from it sometimes and blah da 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 um, he's like, it's that look in their face. He said that look lasts two seconds and then they're off to the next thing. They just want to consume or something like that. Like he has like this whole deep speech about why Christmas sucks now and why he doesn't care to do this stuff anymore. I saw when he was going house to house, one kid's list said cash, 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 video games. That, that was the that was another funny thing. It was like uh, so he has the magic. He has the bag of gifts and like it produces whatever gift that he he is he's supposed to drop off when he reaches into the bag and like 90 percent of them were like video games and that's i can imagine that's pretty much that's real world now we are yeah. <laughs> um all right so we established that he's really santa then you have the family story so obviously the guy the woman they've split up they have a young daughter um and they're coming back together for christmas to go visit his family uh, to put on the facade of them being a happy couple because, you know, guy comes from money, doesn't want his mom asking questions about his relationship. How, did the family story work for you? My bad, I didn't mean to get you. I didn't give a shit. At all? A little bit, but not not much. I don't think I was meant to care too much. I think I was meant to care as much as I did. Right. Uh, it wasn't like a, oh, why are we doing this? I don't care. It was like, you know, I get it. Typical Christmas family thing that you have to insert into it. Husband and wife make up by the end. The daughter just wants her mom and dad together. Typical. It didn't bother me. What's funny is this movie had a lot of stuff that it had to do based on inserting that into the story. Mm-hmm. At no point did I feel like anything was like goofy. No. Between again, we got real life Santa Claus literally delivering gifts with a magical sleigh, with a magical bag, with a naughty and nice list. And we got this stereotypical Christmas story of a family, a little girl who just wants her parents together for Christmas, wants her family back. Uh, a stereotypical wealthy family and siblings competing over money. None of it felt like even the stuff that was 
inherently designed to be goofy, it was funny. So it didn't feel like it was done well. It's like, it is so funny. Right. Like, so we got that part of the family. Then he has a sister who's married to an actor whose son is a goofy rich kid. Not a goofy rich kid, a stuck up rich kid. The mom is literally the worst of the worst. Like, literally. A lot of that could have gone wrong. But it was funny. Yeah, and it's a typical character. It's not nothing we haven't seen before. Right. Um, was there anything in this that did not, that you you would like to have not have been in the movie? I was fine with everything personally I did think I was fine with everything one thing I was worried about because this usually bothers me the kids Mm -hmm. and I was like oh my god this kid is gonna be so fucking annoying and like as an adult when he put her in bed and gave her a walkie talkie like yeah this is a line to Santa and I'm like how fucking dumb is this kid like but I I don't know how old the kid is so I'm guessing like eight ish. Yeah, I had to think like back then. I was like, all right, you know, think about when you were a kid. Don't think about it as an adult. So, but that didn't even annoy me. Like her interactions with Santa Claus through the walkie-talkie were like some of the best moments of the movie. Is she a great actor? No, but she's a kid. I gotta, gotta, I gotta give her that grace. You know what I'm saying? So, (laughs) um, she did the best she could, but she. I'm gonna say this. Because I, f- I felt, initially, I felt like you did as far as her acting. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like it was intentionally played up as the goofy kid from a Christmas movie. That's possible. That's possible. Because like it made her overly naive. It didn't stand out. It, yeah, overly naive. It didn't stand out, like, in a bad way. It fit with the film. Like, just some, like, the way she delivered some of the lines. It was probably a bit intentional. So, like I said, it didn't bother me. It didn't take me out okay. at all like I thought it would. Um, like I said, her interactions with Santa are some of the best. Out of, it's the heart of the film, really. Like, when she's talking to him over the walkie-talkie about what Christmas means or they're talking over the walkie-talkie and he's telling her about the things she wished for for Christmas. And, yeah, it's just, it was really sweet. Yeah. And, um I think what made that turn for me as far as wondering if she was, if it was just her acting that was a little off or if it was intentional was the shoving a lump of coal up the butt scene. Cause like, can I see anus? Like they're just <laughs> like, really, uh, uh, over the overly, that's what it like. I was like, all right, so this is, it feels like this is being played up intentionally. Like she's supposed to be the, the sweet little, Christmas kid or whatever that that you usually get in these movies but yeah all those interactions were fun I knew she was going to end up talking to him but I wasn't sure how um, yeah so once he like got the walkie and she just happened to find the channel or they just happened to he just happened to find the channel she was on that was that was perfect um let's see there were a lot of good moments in this movie a lot of fun moments what was one of your favorite we'll maybe do our top three to five favorite moments depending on how deep this bag goes so what was one of your favorite moments that you want to talk about here if you want a second to think i'll i can go first you go first 
All right. So one of my favorite moments, it's kind of an extended moment. It's like a whole scene or two even. Um, you re- you mentioned that they referenced Home Alone. So that is one of my favorite moments. Santa asked the little girl to set up some booby traps and like, again, <laughs> we think this little girl is just this little naive, whatever. She's going to put some stupid little booby traps together. And I, I honestly almost forgot that she was supposed to have set booby traps because we don't see her do it. But then the two bad, like two of the baddest of the bad guys come for her. She liked the big guy. I was like, man, I wish there was a way like he could live. Cause like he was cool. Him and her. Yeah. I'll get to one of my moments with them. So yeah, go ahead. All right, I'll save it because I was about to allude to it. But when when she has the little nail board at the bottom of the steps, and they're like, you stupid kid, like you're supposed to hide the stuff, da da da. But he missed something. He starts going up the steps. <laughs> and the step get, and he like looks at the nail that's like sticking out of one of the steps. Like, really? Like, you just gonna put this like eye level for me to see it? He steps on one of the lower steps that she had split and it breaks, and the nail goes through the bottom of his chin. And the whole theater was just like through his mouth. Oh my god. Dog, I was like, oh snap. Like this entire scene was if Home Alone was in real life. And to be honest, Kevin McAllister would have killed those men. (laughs) (laughs) Those traps he set up, those men would have been dead. Extra dead. That's that's the part that made this fun because you got the real Home Alone experience. Yeah. She messed that man up. He died painfully. It was almost sad because I'm going to let you get your part. But like between that and then when the girl comes up there, she's still doubting this little girl. Yeah. And she gets handled. She didn't get killed by the little girl like old buddy did, but she gets handled and then Santa Claus has cleanup. But the little girl did her thing. She did her thing with the booby traps. That was one of my favorite things. Um, Yeah. It gave me idea for one of my favorite scenes. They catch Santa Claus, John Leguizamo's character, and the two his two main henchmen, which are the girl and the big guy. And they're interrogating him. He's like, okay, who are you? He's like, I'm Santa Claus. I told you I'm Santa Claus. Like, I keep telling you, I'm Santa Claus. And John Leguizamo's character throws the um the Christmas bag in the fire. And he starts talking about why he doesn't like Christmas and what happened to him when he was a kid. And Santa says, I'm sorry, Jim. Like, and they're just like, the big guy's like, how did he know your name? <laughs> like, <laughs> and he just starts telling each of them, like, I, I got you a, he said, I got you a bike. He said, I got you that bike for, for, for Christmas or something. And John Leguizamo's character was like, it was a good guess. Every kid wanted a fucking bike. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically the gist of it. Like, how did he know I wanted a bike? And he he just keeps telling them things that's like, hey, this is Santa Claus. And then, like, everything from that scene on is hilarious because she, the little girl, is up in the attic above them. And she's doing a distraction, making the fake snow. And they're all just like, is this Christmas magic? Like... <laughs> 
<laughs> what's going on? And John Liggles almost cart is like, it's not snow, it's stout, like he tastes it. He, he, he was he was questioning it for a second. Questioning it for a second. <laughs> While they're doing that, Santa has a trick for getting up the chimney. I guess he like does a circle thing on his nose, and voila, magic, he's up the chimney, like turns into dust or whatever. And the big guy sees it and he's like, I saw it. He went up the chimney. I don't know how he was just here. <laughs> like time th- during this interrogation, they're just like, what if he's really Santa Claus? And like John Leguizamo's character is basically just like, shut the fuck up. Like, he's not Santa Claus. Y'all hearing yourselves. He's like, man. When the extraction team comes and they're outside and the girl says, the girl says, he's the real Santa Claus. And the main extraction guy pauses and said, what the fuck did she just say? Just the comedic timing of it was just like, oh my god! Because like we know that she has reasons to believe this, but this yes. I imagine like showing up on the scene, like you in kill mode, and this woman talking about, I think he's the real Santa. Like, man, what what, what is happening? Because before that interrogation scene, they were the toughest people in the mansion, like the guy and the woman, and now they're like. <laughs> and they just changed completely oh my god that's that's that was probably what definitely one of my favorite scenes and the fun part like you know you mentioned the john john like always like clearly he has some type of pulley system that like <laughs> like he can't fit like look how small the chimney is um, reminds me of I, i'm pretty sure you probably never watched the show but for the people listening I used to love Yu-Gi-Oh, okay, the anime. There was a character on there named Seto Kaiba. You know how anime is worked. There's the main protagonist and there's the rival. Yugi was a little kid, but he turned into the Pharaoh. Now, obviously, there was magic around all of these cards. Kaiba is around for all of this. He's seeing everything. And for seasons, he's just like, enough of your magic mumbo-jumbo. None of this is real. And it's like, bro, you've seen these things happen. Like, right, the proof is in front of you. <laughs> like, face it, this is Santa Claus. It took for him to pick up the naughty list to be like, you're really Santa Claus. He's like, yeah, that's what I've been trying to tell you this whole time. And that's... That's the um <clears throat> that was one of my favorite features in this was mm-hmm. the the naughty and nice list and like that's one of those things where I went I definitely want to get this movie because I couldn't read all the stuff on there yeah. but like basically had the scroll you open it up the name comes up and then it tells you all the reasons that they were either on the naughty list or nice list and um for John Leguizamo's character it said uh he killed his brother yeah, I saw that. No, I thought it said killed his best friend. Oh, best friend. You're right. You're right. It said killed his best friend. It said a lot of other things, yeah, too. Yeah, it was like a lot of stuff on there. Uh, the little girl had a lot of, like, respects her parents, like, mm-hmm. cleans her room every night, like, all kinds of stuff like that. So I definitely want to see the movie and be able to pause it and read all the stuff that was on there. But it was fire. Like, the way it looked was, was cool. Another favorite scene 
um, when Santa first finds out there's gunmen in the house. Just the way he's running around the house. Mm -hmm. and it's just, I'm like, what would I do if I wasn't like, I'm just here to deliver presents, man, and motherfuckers getting clapped. Because <laughs> he runs downstairs and he's peeking his head around around the corner and they're like, Bring all the guests to the uh, bring all the the light stones to the living room, to the dining room. Anybody else, kill them. And he just runs back upstairs. And I'm just like, that was an issue I had with that because the guy gave clear instructions, and the mercenary went upstairs. And he's like, he sees Santa and the guy in the Santa suit. He's like, you're coming downstairs. And I'm like, your boss told you to kill him. Like he's not. Maybe he thought that could have been like grandpa or something like that. Like in a clear. That's true. That's true. That's the only reason I excused it because I thought the same thing. Like, I thought he was gonna just immediately start shooting at him or something. Yeah, and we were gonna find out Santa was bulletproof or something. But, um, yeah, I was like, all right, maybe he just thought he was a family member because even when they do get him, they're like, who's the Santa Claus? Like, yeah. who's the, where this person come from? Um, <clears throat> okay. Uh, let's see another another moment. Oh, when he finds the hammer. That was my next one. So we get like a mini flashback of him in Viking times, I guess. I love that too. Which again, fire. Um, but like he talks to the little girl for some reason about his hammer skull crusher. And he's like, you know, I, I used to line up three skulls at a time and da 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 da. So I was like, I need to see him with his hammer. So of course, like he ends up in the ship, finds the hammer, and he gets busy with the hammer. Busy. Like, like it's some creative shit in this. Thor wish he had. <laughs> <laughs> like, when he got the ice skates and put them on his hands, that was the best part. When he chopped Buddy up and the body fell and the head was sitting on top of the skate, like, like yo, they went crazy. He was messing with people up. And then he finally got the lump of coal up up the, the anus, if you will. Um, but when he left the shed, I think the guy ran away and he said, Jesus Christ. And I'm like, I know what he's about to say next. And he was like, nah, just Chris Kringle. <laughs> like, <laughs> some corniness, like some 90s action movie shit. And it was, like I said, like it, everything worked. Like it could have been too corny, mm -hmm. but it was just corny enough. Like everybody was cracking up in that movie theater. I have to, I have to mention this. I know it's jumping ahead, but is it the very end? Yeah, the last kill. That's fine. We can get to it because it was fire. The last kill with him and John Leguizamo. Man, I did not see that <laughs> when they went and they when they went towards the chimney. I thought like, okay, the chimney's gonna fall. Like, yeah, I thought something was gonna fall off the top. I thought Santa was about to go up the chimney. Somehow the chimney was going to fall, whatever. No. Santa uses his magic to go up the chimney. Santa used, Santa can go up the chimney. Santa's magic. John Leguizamo cannot go up the chimney. John Leguizamo's body goes up the chimney, and Santa comes out on top holding his body, and it's just like ground beef. Like... <laughs> It was funny because as he starts to go up, John Leguizamo's body gets stuck. Yeah. And then it like pulls again. And it's like, 
<laughs> and it was a callback to the previous scene that we mentioned. Because remember, the guy mentioned a person can't fit up the chimney. Yeah. And so perfect callback as far as like and a fire kill. Um, that was an amazing kill. The star on the top of the tree was a nice kill too downstairs in the uh in the room when you put it in the dude's eye. <laughs> oh man. Um, oh man. were you surprised when he got shot after that? I was because I was like, who the fuck shot him? But I forgot about that guy. Right. Um, like that guy's not dead, but then I forgot about him after that. I'm glad they gave the, the grandmother the kill since he like betrayed her. So that was cool. Um that uh, his death almost ruined the movie. Almost it almost ruined the movie for me. Really? Cause I was like, if they about to bring him back with like some tears or some bullshit like that, man. Like I suspended my disbelief for this whole movie, but if they about to do that bullshit, and they came close because they was like I, I believe. I believe. And I'm just like, I'm going to let it slide. Once the nephew said he believed, that's when it got started to get a little extra cordy for when him. The, when the mother said, I believe, I'm like, all right, man. Y'all could have stopped short. Like, y'all could have stopped at the sun. Like, <laughs> anything after that, nah. It, um, it almost, I, I was almost like, about to take it down a point for me, but th- they still played comedic effect because right. he woke up and they was like, "What the fuck? Like you were dead?" Like <laughs> they didn't play it like, "Oh, Santa, you're back." They were like, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> like, and he was like, "I don't know how to repay you." He was like, "Well, you brought me back from the dead, so I say what you." And I thought like, so what I what I accepted that as after the fact was. They were saying what they had to say to make the little girl feel better. Yeah. Like by saying that they believed or whatever. They didn't actually expect the Christmas miracle. <laughs> okay. Um, which brings me to the next one when the, the sleigh pulls up and Santa. So you mentioned like when the killers first showed up, uh, when he's fighting the dude, the guy shoots through the roof and the reindeer dip. The reindeer took off. That was nice, too. Santa was upset. So when they show up at the end, he's like, y'all really just left me here? (laughs) Then he goes over to the sleigh. And they had brought his backup bag uh, with with a little note from Mrs. Claus. And like he starts hugging him, talking about, I knew y'all wouldn't do it like that. Like Y'all always got my back. Love y'all. Like just just like somebody. Let's keep it a hundred. They they left because they heard them gunshots. They just <laughs> bring the sack back with them. <laughs> they thought and his body was going nice to touch because it's like, all right, that's a good like now he can't leave. Right. They uh it's almost like the cell phone thing in movies, like <laughs> Yeah, like the, the sleigh had to leave because otherwise, like what was he gonna ride one of the reindeer through the house and fight somebody with it? Like that would have been too much. He could have just dipped. Right. Or he probably would have just left like he planned to. But you mentioned the Viking thing, and I think that was an they gave Santa a backstory. I love was, that. Yeah. I love that. And I love that they didn't go too deep into detail because I don't need to know everything. He's a Viking. Cool. That's why he can whoop ass so much. Right. It makes sense. It's not just Santa Claus all of a sudden turns into a badass. He used to be a legit warrior. Like, I'm a warrior. Like, he used to be one of them. 
<laughs> so it, it makes sense. It was nice. It was a nice touch because when he took his clothes off, I'm like, Santa tatted up like that must be rough. But, you know, he used to be he used to be a thug back in the day. The tribal markings. If you yeah. Know. And you can see he had like scars and stuff all over his body. So I also he's been through this before. He's been he's been through some stuff. And uh, yeah, like you said, they gave just enough backstory to justify him having hands and um, being able to, to, to wield the hammer like he did. And uh, basically made it seem like if you fill in the blanks, like he was a killer and he realized he didn't enjoy that life. Yeah. And he himself acknowledges throughout the movie. He doesn't understand how some of this Christmas stuff works. Yeah. I have to wonder if he like stumbled upon the North Pole. I'm glad he didn't show us that either. Right. Like we didn't need all the details. I, I like having to fill in the blanks there. Yeah. Um. And the fact that he didn't have an explanation for everything, he just knew it worked. Yeah, it wouldn't have made sense for us, for them to explain it to us when he tells it, when he says himself, I don't know how it works. Right. So, yeah, this man, this I, I can just gloat about this movie. Like, I cannot recommend this movie enough to people. Definitely, definitely. Uh, like I said, I had a fun time with this one. Uh, laughed the Put some friends together and go back, man. Say what? I'm gonna get some friends together and go back maybe this weekend. You know what I liked about it? I mentioned in recent conversations about movies that like I find myself laughing and like nobody else in the theater is laughing. That did not happen in this one. Like there was one guy who was laughing extra loud. Like he wanted everyone to hear. <laughs> he, he thought what was occurring was hilarious, uh, which made me uh, feel a little bit less weird about laughing and stuff because it was meant to be laughed at in this movie and it worked yeah. most of, for the most part. Uh, anything, anything we need to mention before we get up out of here? I don't think so. I don't either. Um, yeah, man. Everybody, everybody was funny in this. Like everybody had at least one funny moment. Yeah. Um, the the villains had some depth to them at different points which you don't always get in these type of movies. I, I think the movie, we it's justified to give it a four, four and a half, five. Right now, it's, it's I think it's at a nine for me, nine out of 10. So four and a half out of five stars. And I'll add one last note. Some of the stuff with the little girl worked for me. Like as far as yeah. you know, one of my categories is like having an emotional connection. I cared about what happened to the little girl. I cared because of her connection with Santa. Exactly. And I wanted Santa to her and Santa to to me. Come out, yeah. yeah. To come out come out on top and everything to go well for both of them or whatever. Um so yeah. Again, I think we both <laughs> are highly in favor of this movie. There's too much stuff coming out that I don't think I'm going to be able to see it again in theaters, but I, I do expect I'll end up buying it when it does come out. I can't wait till it's on streaming so I can just like Yeah. I usually buy the the my favorite movies of the year. I think you saw I posted um I bought everything everywhere all at once already. Um and I bought No Way Home. No Way Home was last year, right? Oh shit. Yeah. Um uh, but they were on for sale. You know they always do the Black Friday. Um so I got it got them for Black Friday but this would probably be on that list. I'll put it in there with good boys, stuff like that. Knives Out. Um, one of my favorite comedies of the year, probably. 
I don't know how many comedies I've seen this year, but this is one of my favorite movies of the year, period. Yeah, like, I was going to say, favorite comedies, favorite action movies. I needed this. I, I, the year, this might land close to my top five. I have to put mine together. Um, I mentioned to you a thing that I was supposed to be doing an interview with uh, Nick's podcaster, who is also a writer for in- Entertainment Weekly, and he wants to do a top five movie, so... I need to tighten mine up. I have like 10 movies I have not added to my list yet uh-huh. that I've watched. So I need to uh, update that. But this is definitely going to be a contender for that top 10. I don't know about top five yet. Um, it's in my top 10 for sure. Um, I'm trying to get to 50. I'm at 41 right now. So I'm probably going to watch some movies. I missed that's on streaming, like the Giannis movie you told me about. Um the Adam project from earlier this year with Ryan Reynolds, I wanted to see a um, couple other things. So Glass Onion, I'm going to get to, going to see Devotion, uh, Avatar. So that, that'll pretty much fill it out. Let's see. I've got 44 already ranked <laughs> and 13 I need to. So I'm over 50. I'm up to 58 now, I guess. Let me add... What did uh? What's the name of this movie? Violent Night. So yeah, I'm up to fifty eight. I'm I'm actually doing all right. Um, I include comedy specials. Okay. In that, I watched the Dion Cole one on Netflix. I would I would advise checking that out. Um, good stuff. And documentaries I include as well. Okay. Um, I watched the Pepsi Where's My Jet on Netflix at my dad's house when I was there. Surprisingly, very interesting. I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, basically, you know, Pepsi had like the promotional save bottle caps, buy points, buy stuff thing. And they put something in a commercial as a joke. But the value that they gave it was attainable technically. And the thing that they were talking about, the jet, it was a jet they were saying was like 7 million points or something like that. The value of the jet versus the value of that many points was like a huge difference. And some kid went for it. I'm going to say kid, but he was like 20, I think, at the time. You'd have to watch. I don't want to say too much more. Okay. <laughs> Very interesting story. It's like three parts. They're like 40 minutes each. Damn. Okay. Um, real big name. Like one of Trump, the guy, one of the guys that like went to court against Trump is in the in the thing in the like he was involved it's big time CEOs with Pepsi are in the documentary and everything they make it pretty funny as well um some interesting characters but anyway um again I'm going to try to do the weekly forecast if you will uh uh, for what's coming out (laughs) every week I'm gonna try to drop that on Thursday or Friday of every week uh, and then if I get to watch something, we'll do the review that'll drop every Monday. But uh, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining us, Reese. Thank you for joining me. Till next time. Peace. Peace.